Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello everyone, it's the Red Men Podcast. I'm Paul Machen, Chris Pajak is in the studio. We've got Jay and we've got Ross. Uh, from their wonderful, wonderful home offices. Ross has done an absolutely sterling job, all of his own making, um, sorting his office out to really uh, utilise his days off to the absolute fullness of their potential there. Good on him. Um, we've got a bunch of kickoff questions. I've done a whole three this week. I just fancied mixing it up. I'm so, I'm so I've just, yeah, I just can't be asked to talk about the same things over and over again. So I thought I'd have a, have a, add a bit of randomness to the start of the show. Uh, and then we're going to be diving into a few of the bits and pieces. Obviously, we've heard the tragic news of. Ian St John's passing we'll talk about him briefly we're going to talk about Liverpool having won a league game of football and what comes next in the coming weeks as well um, right sounds to the first kickoff question Chris Pager comes from our good friend Steve Carson uh, you've just been exiled from Merseyside oh, what the fuck did I do uh, yeah well, you know what you did oh come on there was no one looking <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> um, we're on this stupid little island that you're moving to <laughs> so you've got to leave the People's Republic of Liverpool and enter back into the uh, I'm going Scotland me mate oh wow I'm going Scotland and I might go to Edinburgh I think I might get back in the EU that way for a start mm. um, and it's a good city with loads of good food and a good nightlife and no one knows me as well, so I can get away with stuff again. Ross Chandley, where on this stupid little island are you moving to? I'm also going to Scotland, but I'm also going to a different island. So I'm going to go to the Isle of Lewis because I've got loads of family there. There's hardly any internet. You don't have to interact with people and you can just die alone. Die alone, did he just say? <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I mean, Ross has gone a long way out to not just not just not answer the question by moving to not just to a different island, but has gone there to die. Yeah, you're like a cat. Is that what, which, is the one, which is the one yeah. that go away to die? Find you on a shed roof somewhere. Um, yeah. I'll shed just in a field. It's fine. Okay, sad. <laughs> Jay Pearson, where are you going? I'm going up to Glasgow. You know, it's, just, it's a blast little city, so I'm going up there, and obviously I'll know someone up there because Chris will be up there. <laughs> yeah, you go in Edinburgh. Yeah, 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 just down the, just down the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why is he walking around in a hat and, uh, and glasses? Um, yeah. I, I, now, for similar, I was I picked Newcastle um, because just. Yeah, good, pe- good people, good vibes. Now, what we've all done, though, is picked really cold places. Are we, stu- are we all stupid? It's okay, Paul, because I've got this really warm... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got this really... Well, well, available oh, from the Red Men TV shop. Why, it's funny you should ask that, Jay Pearson. You can get these from the Red Men merch store right now. Yeah, thanks to our collaboration with the Beers of Anfield Road. Yeah, we didn't actually talk about that, by the way, oh, just no, so no. you know. It just happened. Oh, yeah. And then oh, I really yeah. 
it just happens. <laughs> it just gets absolutely punched into the show. Yeah, absolutely. But look at it, Paul. It's for being. You know, I'm taking a bit of Brazil to Edinburgh with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. No, I think, and, and you should. To be fair. These are like I think we we we've had, we're end, we're exiting the winter months, but we've, what we've discovered is that there's a slight change in the in what we're using. These ones are not as ultra ultra wintry warm, so they actually do you well for to stay warm in spring, but also into summer as well. Absolutely, you you absolutely right. Mate. There you go. I've got. I've got I am wearing the name of a man who's like fifteen plus. Yeah, Keep going. Stupid, really, but there you go. I'll do it for a book. Um, right, so um, yeah. And on that, he's got a book for sale. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Carol Simpson sends us in another question. So, would you rather walk around, Chris Pajak, where you live naked, and we'll presume not just your house, we'll presume like the local ah, area. So okay, in this instance, okay, yeah, okay, you're, the, butter, the borough in which you live. The borough of Wavertree. Yeah, the, uh, all right, oh, all right, yeah. Uh, where you live uh, naked for an entire year or be naked on the side of a bus that travels the entire country. <laughs> well, let's be honest, no one reads the advertisements on the side of a bus. <laughs> so I'm going with that. No, I'm not messing. The only ones you read are at the back of the bus. When you're going somewhere and you're behind them in the traffic jam, and it's like, who's that woman that I text you about? Oh, Tess Daly. Tess Daly's on the back. You're obsessed with Tess Daly. There you go. That's it. For that one drive to work, absolutely, I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the side of the bus, nah. Okay. I'm not bothered. I'm going to the side of the bus. If that wasn't, it's not allowed to come to Liverpool, though, right? How much money was promised for to the NHS? Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah but that was in big letters. Oh, this right. is me naked, Paul. <laughs> so. <laughs> People are going to be talking about your penis. People are going to be talking about your milky thighs. Oh, come on. And they'll be like, where can we buy them? Yeah. And it's like, you can't. They're all bought and paid for yourself. Oh, God. Yeah. Right there. As long as you get to choose the photo. Because you could make yourself look Oh, yeah, I could hide my penis with my belly. It's all about angles. Ross. Yeah. Naked for the year. I think for reasons known to everyone on this podcast and not the people at home, because that's not a conversation for today, I'm going to have to go for the side of the bus. Okay. I'm not sure that's needed, like, because I know you don't quite live in Southport anymore, but they're all old and they all wear glasses over that way, them ways, of the, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, but there's, there's someone that's very close to me that would enjoy me walking around naked. It's <laughs> <laughs> Lionel Messi. There we go. Who knew? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Jay Pearson, that's very much a visual joke. I apologise, podcast. <laughs> um, Jay Pearson, naked right. or bus naked? Oh, bus naked, mate. You know the way the, the way the adverts go on. Sometimes the windows are cropping certain things out, so I think I, I could get quite lucky with the placement of the window or wherever they go. So yeah, and no one will know me, so they think who's that dickhead. So yeah, yeah that'll be me on some the bus. Sort of, go and get one of those like you know experience days boudoir photograph shoots where you can make yourself look like some arty lighting and do it, make it look like it's some sort of like fragrance commercial what I'd do albeit with in, in hanging that case, brain have you seen, have, yeah, have, you seen <laughs> have you seen the ones recently where like people get pregnant and then they have a photo shoot yeah. well I'll just mimic that so I'll stick my belly out a little bit more lift my tits up and then yeah I'll be like oh yeah that's my pregnancy photo shoot absolutely well can we not can we not do that with Paul standing behind you grabbing your tits <laughs> we've already right. done that <laughs> oh, no, no but we're not, not, not photographed this time oh right, okay. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. absolutely um, 
What? 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 Okay. Um, <laughs> Gareth uh, Robinson said, if you had to choose, just to start to turn this back towards the Mighty Reds, uh, if you had to choose one player to immortalise in the current squad, who would it be? And, and what he means by that is like not just in like a painting. Um, he means on like... On the side of a bus. In, or on the side of a bus. Uh, you get them in their prime for the rest of Liverpool history. One current Liverpool player. I know. I know what I, I I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Alison Becker. And oh, oh yeah. For me, it was between him and Virgil Van Dijk, and, and that's kind of it. But Liverpool have struggled to find a goalkeeper throughout the bar two years of Pepe Reina at his best. Mm-hmm. For the yeah. entirety of the thirty years, we didn't win the league pretty much. So that seems on based on what Liverpool are doing, that's the hardest position to fill. We've had loads of great tensorage. You've had Sammy Appiah, Jamie Carragher, you know, lots of people like Danny Aga. I didn't need to do that, and I'm sorry, Daniel. Um, Virgil Van Dijk, Joe Gomez, you know. There's loads of them, and they're all really good. Yeah. But the goalkeeper, Chris doesn't rate Danny Aga. By the way, no, I just wants I, no, to no, let no, him know not, about that. That's you not can true. tweet to his current. I just thought he was massively, massively overrated. <laughs> so he just said, "Just." Not Zach Whitbread, though, is he? Wow. I could have been Zach Whitbread, though. That's a story for another day. <laughs> so he told you. Told you. Um, the um, right sounds. Um, Oh, just before we go, before we get questions from other people, uh, answers from other people, Jen LFC just dropped in a super chat to say, you guys are amazing. Thanks for all you do. You are brilliant. And I've <laughs> that just was before the questions, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Just... And I've literally, I just, <laughs> I tell you, it's like, I'm a fucking emotional wreck. This, at the, moment. The, this, the additionals of lockdown have just absolutely turned me into a, a big emotional meth. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that, Jen. You've just made a 38-year-old man shed a tear on a live podcast. Um, right, yeah. Uh, go on, uh, Ross. What, what are you um, are you immortalising? I was torn between Van Dyke and Salah, and I think I'm going to go for Salah. Oh, just purely because his, his goal return and you know his goal contributions is just a phenomenal rate for four seasons. Like you know, we can have that for the rest of your life. You guarantee goals. Doesn't matter who you've got in that and defence. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd be pretty sound. Yeah. Okay. Decent shouts, Jay. Well, the pipe bomb that Chris just gave, how can you follow that? You know what I mean? Um, But I'll just have to go for the big man. I'll go for the big Virgil van Dijk, just to be different. Um, What a signing he'd been since he came in January 2018. Just completely changed our team as a squad, as a a club, because in the same way Alison Becker did, we just went up another level. Um, And don't get me wrong, we've had some fantastic centre-halves in the past, but has anybody made that big of an impact since coming into a club? I, I doubt it. So yeah, I've got to go for the big man. I don't need centre backs. Yeah, don't need centre. It's well, it's a good point. Yeah, I think they're all brilliant shouts um, for a whole bunch of reasons. The goalkeeper one is is yeah. is probably the correct answer but for all the reasons you've listed. Is you're right? We've had great centre. No, we've not. I don't think we've had a centre half as good as Virgil no, Van Dijk since no maybe Alan Hansen. But you know, and you know, we've got we've had but we've had goal scorers. We've had Salas. We've had lads who score twenty plus goals a season. Maybe not actually quite as many because again, it's a bit of a disrespect to Mao, of course. Um, the only other answer for me is Trent. 
because it, it means you're guaranteed a scouser in your team forever and you know the way the football moves and football we're, we're blessed at the moment because we've now got two uh, out of nowhere but there's a chance that you we could have you could have none in, in 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 years to come, and that would be terrible, you know. So to have to guarantee that you can have one, and not just any any old one, to have one who's is also the best in his position in the world, uh, because the obvious answer, I'm, I'm sure, if we could pick someone from our times, but we probably all pick Steven Gerrard yep. still. Um, so to get to get the chance to pick another player who could well be in that kind of stature for Liverpool, yeah, let us know in the comments. Um, who would you would if you could pick anyone from the current squad? Uh, what, uh, like in what year do you think he'll move into centre mid then? Ooh, if he's immortalised, thirty-two. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> do, do a good 12, 13 years at right back, and then move into centre mid. Yeah, he's got loads of experience. Sixty years, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like people thinking Thor was a thousand years old before he came an Avenger. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just think just wait for the world to evolve around you you know you, you must, we have these conversations you know a modern right back it's like hang on a minute he was a modern right back but he's been here so long now he's been here 70 years he's a dinosaur right back well it's a good point actually <laughs> but maybe we go with Salah because he'll probably be in like 50 years time players like him will be left backs yeah so maybe but yeah, Trent's got enough going on for him he'll just be a, he'll, he'll be a string pulling DM or something along along the line maybe if he grows an inch or two he could be the centre half uh, we certainly saw the first sort of steps towards that at the weekend uh, right yes we're going to be talking about uh, about the Reds uh, after a very short break uh, we've got a brand new series Tom has been uh, has been working hard on this one for once um, I'm only messing he works hard all, <laughs> all the time uh, uh, The Cop Chronicles a brand new series coming to the RedmenTV.com uh, Episodes one and two are streaming from Friday. Here's a little sneak peek. I don't think there's ever been, and I don't think there ever will be, a bigger figure in Liverpool's history than Kenny Dalglish. Absolute genius, little scouser from the South Downs who went on to do magical things for us. Legend in all aspects of the game. When you're talking about someone like Steve Highway, that's the word. Graham Souness is the best player I've ever played with in my life. I think he was a forerunner of the modern footballer, Kevin Keegan. I think he'd fit perfectly in the modern world. Scoring two goals in two European Cup finals, to lift the trophy twice, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant legacy, isn't it? That's we played some good stuff that day, we really did. But, uh, you know, a fantastic relief and, uh, oh, you know, when the, when the final whistle went. I just did a little jump. Terrible, terrible celebration. One of the worst ever. Nobody's ever done it since, by the way. That's the jump. Hey everyone, welcome back. Yes, we've got a whole host of amazing things over on the uh, on the website for our subscribers over there, of course. But yeah, a brand new series coming out now. It's <laughs> we're waiting to see whether Tom gets the sixth part I think finished but it's definitely going to be five episodes <laughs> uh, and hopefully the full six but yeah the first two are going to be streaming from Friday and then it's going to be a new episode every week until the end of that series we've also got a wonderful documentary coming out next week as well that looks back on the Atletico game and the impact it had uh, around the Covid situation or whatever a bit more hard hitting than the normal stuff we do but yeah definitely something to check out so go and subscribe now uh, there's two tiers there's um, uh, club captain and club legend and you get a whole host of extra bonus features as well for choosing between those two a um, couple of little bits of housekeeping before we uh, dive on uh, Adam Fitzgibbon in the comments saying it's very hilly in Newcastle Paul yeah I'm, look I lived in Sheffield for four years nothing you go to the shop you walk uphill you come back from the shop you walk uphill again everywhere's uphill it's like <laughs> labyrinth um, uh, <laughs> and 
uh, Perry Chagan saying they just got their uh, t-shirt, uh, their shirt and beer mats as well from the shop. So yeah, I say not only do we have the wonderful major time obscuring, um, but there's also a selection of beer mats as well, isn't there, Chris? From the there is, Paul, and they're absolutely superb each and every one. And of them. I'm going to give you five minutes to undo the string oh, on no. them because oh, no. you're so determined to do them up every single time you put them back in again. The packaging's stuff. wonderful, by the way, um, genuinely wonderful. <laughs> Smashing oh no! It. Absolutely smashing <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. Saint Etienne, miracle beer. Love that Fabinho, which is the the jumper that I'm wearing is based off. Nabi lad, Nabi lad, lovely. Millie's genuine draft. Comeback Kings, incredible ale. They're just class, and I wish I'd not done that. Mm. Yeah, brilliant <laughs> stuff. Anyway, yeah, you can get them on the Revan Merch store. Uh, right, okay, let's look. Let's let let's get into it. Um, yeah, it, it's always tough to shift the tone in these things, but we found out this morning that uh, Ian St John uh, passed away, aged eighty-two. Um, obviously signed by Shankly, won the second division uh, title. A couple of people get promoted and then won two first division titles. I was part of the team that won the FA Cup, the first FA Cup for Liverpool in nineteen sixty-five as well, Chris. And um, you know, we there's loads and loads of Liverpool players for which we tag. With legend, um, I actually never got the the, the honour to, to 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 speak to St John, but it's telling. And one of the one of the things that stands out for me is where we had our Henderson mural painted. Tom, who owns the house, was absolutely adamant that he wanted and Ian St John on there, and he was adamant that he wanted that that cup final team uh, immortalised as well, uh, which he did. Which again speaks volumes to how important St John was. Yeah, I mean, I've just actually put a tweet out saying something similar to this, but like Liverpool is built and we stand on the shoulders of giants that have gone before. And Ian St John is one of Shankly's giants, isn't he? You know, he was there when we were crap, and he was there when we when we went good. And you know that 1965 Cup final. I mean, people hear us talk about it, and you know, I'm 38, and I've heard my dad talk about it, and your dad talk about it, and all the fellas talk about it and stuff like that. But that was the one that was more important than the league title to them because they'd never won the FA Cup like and it was so big so the story around that in and of itself is brilliant and how much it meant and the homecoming and everything else and 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 and, and what we have now Liverpool is an institution but it's because of the likes of Ian St John that we have that institution in the first place yeah absolutely yeah brilliant so obviously yeah rest in peace Ian St John and obviously uh, our thoughts and feelings go to the uh, to his family as well. Um, right, uh, Jay Pearson. Let's talk about the football. You know, I, I, I've been avoiding it in recent shows because I just didn't want to talk about it. But um, I do want to talk about it now. We won a game of football, and, and life just feels a little bit more rosy. And whether there's a note more of caution, I think, because we had a bit of a false dawn after the after the Leipzig game, of course. Um, but we've kind of got to take. We've got. You've got to enjoy the wins at the moment because if if it shows us anything, is that they can be they can be quite fleeting and short lived. Oh, too right. I mean, like, like you said, after the Leipzig game, we all had a, a, our mind mentality just changed. Think right, this is where we're going to kick on now. And we've said that every every game since we played since we battered Crystal Palace. So yeah, of caution at the end of the day. But you know, it was nice to see us get a performance. It was nice to see us create more chances. It was nice to see us keep a clean sheet. Um, so it was. it's all positive uh, this week. But again, we've just got to be very wary because, yes, it's great. The table looks a little bit better and the ideal team to play next is the team that are above you and you can catch up to them anymore, which is Chelsea, which are now on a bit of a, a bit of a run under a new manager. So a mm-hmm. bit of a of caution, but we've got to, we've got to step it up. We're going to, we're going to do it. We've got to start doing it right now because if we go backwards again, I just don't know how we're all going to cope. I think we'll all be even more deflated than we have been. 
Yeah, <clears throat> I think this is it, and it Ross is the. I think we look. I think we need to prepare ourselves, and hopefully we should be by now. But we, we, we won't be because that's just the nature of being a football fan. Liverpool are not going to win every game between now and the end of the season. Um, but the trick for this team is to certainly get back to a world where we don't lose every game between now and the end of the season. And if we can put together a a, a run of not losing football matches first and foremost, then yeah, what the the, the minimum aim of the season of top four should be achievable. Yeah, um, I said this on Sunday after the game, and I said, said to Chris, you know, I don't want to win one game, I want to win four or five in a row. Now, over the fixtures coming up, that's a little difficult, particularly with Chelsea and Leipzig in, in the mix. And it's a very fine balance between enjoying the game and getting carried away. So, you know, I'm, I'm still, I've gone back to being reserved already and cautious against Chelsea. We did the, the build up yesterday. It's, it's also difficult because you don't know who's got who's back. And that changes things massively. You know, if Fabinho is back for Thursday, then the confidence goes up another level. Jota's back and he can, he can play, he can start, it goes up, he goes up again. But like, I'm also fully prepared on the other end of the scale to go, well, Fabinho can't play, Jota can't play, and you've got three more injuries. You know, because it's, you know, you mentioned being the most roller coaster before outside of the football world. But like, every time there's a, a team sheet comes out, you're just thinking, like, what, what's going to happen next? And until we get a consistent team sheet, I'm fully prepared that we won't get consistent results. And I'm not, I'm fine with that. I'm also not fine with that. Yeah, uh, the, the good thing about Sheffield United because we were talking the other week about Liverpool needed to do something different and I actually think we saw a little bit of that in the way Liverpool lines up and the way they approached the, the game. Nothing like revolutionary but it was just how we utilised the players, how we attacked, you know, the way we committed to attack, the way we chose to cover defensively. They're the encouraging things from it. And look, it's it's hard because we had to do this on the far away where we had to get all our caveats of Sheffield United are shit, you should be beating Sheffield United out the way. You know, you can because you, it's not a very pleasant way to live life doing all those kind of things. Liverpool continued to have another game where they played good football, another game where they were a bit wasteful, but there were definitely loads <laughs> of positives that you can carry out of that game and hopefully plug into the games that, that move forward. Yeah, and that's been the same for the last few games, isn't it? I mean, I'm probably in a, a worse state looking forward at the footy than anybody else at the moment because I didn't see that we did too much. You know, we did change the game plan. I'm not disagreeing with that at all, but I don't think that we it was a marked improvement in what we've seen other than in results. But going into that game, that's what we were talking about, just getting a bloody result. I mean, let's be honest, though, like Liverpool's form is over the last five games, we've won as many points as Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. You know, Newcastle have won more points than us, Brighton have won more points than us, Burnley. The only one, I think the only team in the league is Southampton over the last five who've actually won less points than us. So we need to turn that round big time. And one game's not enough of a sample size to be able to sit here and say that that's Liverpool turned it around because mm-hmm. the performance wasn't good enough to be able to go, actually, you can hang your hat on that. Because we did concede chances, we kept the clean sheet, but we conceded chances. Mm. Um, we did create chances, but we've always created chances. That's the one thing that's been a constant throughout this bad spell of form, isn't it? So we just need to continue to do that. We need to continue to create chances, obviously. We need to start putting those chances away, obviously. And we need, as Ross says, to put a consistent run of form together. And that run of form is actually results. It's the the thing about the, um, the, 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 the most encouraging thing about the approaches. I think you can look at the, 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 us playing well in this last month. Month, say if I got you go back to probably Old Trafford, where we I think we play we've played pretty good in all of those games, but as you say, not not got the results. But you can typify, you go back to those games and you can look at spells where we got one area of the team working. Where the one good thing about the Sheffield United one was, I think there was a 
there was a greater balance to how we did things. So like the left hand side worked quite well for it was working for a while, and then what we do is okay, we'll, we'll, we'll change this, and then the right hand side will have a good go at doing something, and then we'll attack centrally for a variety of things. And you're dead right, moving forward, you don't, no no seasons ever built on one win over the bottom the bottom table. But in terms of where Liverpool, load of a load of where Liverpool's problems lie is that thing of just getting a goal, sticking the ball in the back of the net, and it, it can't possibly hurt them, because en- I know they've had a couple of bits of luck that have gone their way and whatever, but they engineered some really good things in a whole, in a variety of different ways. Yeah, they did, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you they didn't, because they did, and uh, but and I've also, I'm also, I've watched enough football to know that Bobby getting a goal like that might be something, I've seen strikers just go on a run from getting something like that. And, you know, over the years, how many times have we sat here and go, it just needs to bundle one in. Yeah. Just needs to be a deflected shot. So, But, but Bobby, from a creative sense, was actually much better yeah. uh, in the last game. And, you know, certainly in the first half, he was linking up really well. I thought it was really interesting. I saw a tweet yesterday, someone posted in our Discord about the shape of Liverpool when they were attacking. Because me and Ross were doing the comms. And, you know, I don't know how many times, Ross, in the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, me and you were talking about... Mane being quite central, and yeah. it, we like, it, and it's difficult to sort of, you know yourself, Paul, to really indulge in the game while you're doing a, a live watch along and stuff. So I wasn't able to pick up on it. But Mane coming central, Firmino moving across, and then I said in the player ratings, you know, I didn't think Robbo and Mane linked up well. But the build-up play down the left-hand side wasn't supposed to be because Marnie was very central. So it was supposed to be Kurt Jones. It was supposed to be Jeannie Wijnaldum and, and those lads. So we definitely tried something different. And the fact is it worked. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can continue and push on from there. Yeah, there's a few things in there, Ross, that I, don't, uh, that I want to unpack. But yeah, at the in particular, what Chris is saying there, like there's a point in that first half where Robertson's playing left wing and Salah's playing right wing and Trent's playing in a back three you know and and it's and it's not like that was that 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 was Liverpool's formation because I think a lot's made of all that but what it what it was was and it leads to players being able to do different things so if a team has spent all week going and with a bank of evidence that says this is how Liverpool are going to play well we were able to mix it up and we got some really sort of exciting results as a result of it yeah, I think the other thing was the movement and committing the amount of bodies forward. Now, Bobby mm. seems a lot better creative side, like Chris said, because he seemed to have dropped 10 yards deep than he would do normally because he had Curtis Jones and Gene Wijnaldum and at the time Thiago going, going ahead of him. But, you know, especially against a low block side as well. Like, you know, how many times have we said we've watched the same game for the past three months? And I know it's Sheffield United and I know the shit, but we've struggled for the past three months against sides like that. So to, to everyone's suggesting we need to do something different. And then when you go, what? And they go, I don't know. For that game, that was it. You know, when you need to get by game by game at this stage, so Chelsea's a different kettle of fish, but we'll play, you know, Fulham might do the same thing. And we've got something, you know, sort of like, Aaron Chris said, not not this, but to hang your hat on the sense of, well, there's an improvement there. And an improvement in terms of Liverpool now is a huge thing because we haven't been, we haven't improved at all. Well, this is the thing, you know, Chris is not wrong in saying like, you know, anything that's said there, but it goes back to my point, you know, Jay about you've got, you've got to enjoy the wins where they come because it, you can't be like be upset that we've not won in X amount of games and then we win and go, yeah, but we need to win three on the bounce. It's like, well, fucking hell. It's like, that, you know, that, that's like a, a heroin addict's approach to, to, to football, <laughs> chasing your next yeah. fix, you know. Uh, the one thing I thought was was uh, the, the, another interesting point in there about the Bobby Firmino stuff and you might be 
be able to answer this, Jay, because you're slightly more encyclopedic than I am in this regard. But it reminded me of Mo Salah. He had a bit of a dry run a season or two ago, and he scored at Anfield, and I can't remember what game it was, but he never it like it was another one of those where it he was originally we thought he'd scored it, but it was an own goal. And it, is that the goal that turns the corner for him? And like the next week, he just started scoring again. That's the kind of thing I think we're hoping for with, with Bobby Firmino. There is look, yeah. It's the shot hitting the corner flag, but sometimes you just need to feel like you've scored the goal because ultimately that's yeah. all it is. It is feelings. I'm not sure Bobby Firmino's going to sit and look on transfer market and look at his goal, you know, <laughs> look at his goals thing like we do. He'll just feel like he scored the goal, and what's the difference ultimately? Yeah, absolutely. It's confidence, isn't it? Strikers, they're all about confidence. Once you've like like Chris said, once you've got that ball in the back of the net. It's, it just gives this relief of, right, my name's on the score sheet there. And whether they, they, they take it away from him or what, it doesn't really matter. But the fact that he's helped and he's driven that ball into the back of the net by some means, it gives you that kick on. And everybody wants to see Bobby scoring again. Everyone wants to see the, the Bobby Vold. Everyone wants to see Bobby making Tim Sherwood look miserable again in the last minute. You know, that was <laughs> such an amazing Bobby moment, wasn't it? And we want those feelings back where he's doing his, uh, his cracky kicks and celebrations and... We want Mane copying him and stuff like that. I'd love to see that every week. But I, I just take solace the fact that he's he's got one in the back of the net. Whether it's come off him or not, it doesn't really matter. He's provided that goal and he provided the catalyst to get that win. And that's what's so important. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's better help. H E L P. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, again, long may continue. It's a, but it, you know we're in that point, aren't we, Chris? Where everyone needs to pitch in, and that was what I thought was telling about that side. Because I was looking at um, the Chelsea game for doing the build-up show, and like, I think their top goal scorer's got six this season. 
and it, and it's and you know we've got Salah who's, who, who's banging goals in, but what what teams like Chelsea are doing is everyone's kind of contributing in, in that regard. I mean, you look at the Man City thing, who's gone and carried the torch over the last month? It's Gundogan. Gundogan. He yeah. just picked it up and ran, and ran with it. And I thought that was the one thing that I, I enjoyed as well about Curtis Jones because that's been the one. It's not a criticism because he's, he's only just turned twenty years old, but his, his next step is to add goals and assists. And that's, I mean, the way he takes that goal, that's exactly what we've been missing. For a lot, you look at Bobby Firmino, who's snatching at things and not hitting corners, and then Curtis Jones, who just seems to like slow time down to allow the ball to drop to the perfect, you know, to the perfect height to stick it in the bottom corner. Having someone like that who just goes up and, and, and grabs the game was exactly yeah, what we and needed. And the finish, you know what it reminded me of? It, it, we've all been there when you, you're on a five-a-side team or an 11-a-side team and you're just struggling to get a goal and one of your best players just goes, fuck off, and swats the ball in the net and then turns around to everyone and goes, that's how you fucking do it, lads, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. Like one shot, one goal type of yeah. thing and like there was a cockiness to it, a little bit of ego in there. It was just like, come on, that's it's not hard, lads. Come on, just get, 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 get it sorted and stuff but what I liked about about the game more told and, and we can come back on to care but it was something you said there about the formation and, and how Liverpool like we, we always over talk formations and I think Jürgen talks about finding space a lot and quite often it's the same players finding the same types of space that was the big thing that I noticed during the game it wasn't the guy who you'd expect it to go to so sometimes you go and he's going to play the ball to Trent and it's not Trent there and you're just a little bit taken aback like oh Okay, that's strange. Like, I wonder why we're doing this. But it's that it's that sort of doing things that is different, which caused Liverpool to be able to go on and put a good performance. Yeah, in, I thought. yeah. It was you know you mentioned the Mane being more central thing. Getting Mane between the width of the eighteen yard box means he's he's scared. If particularly playing a back three, because obviously you've got a lot of numbers in there. We'll go and occupy those numbers and give their give their either wing back or their you know right or left in, that, in this instance their right sided of a back three at the decision to make over Andy Robertson because if, if you can start to commit then whereas if, if you've got in those situations if you've got Robertson and Mane occupying the sort of same space out there well the back there is just going to go we'll stay we'll stay we'll stay inside the lines and, and you've the, got two men to beat if you're on the right side of centre half, you've got one. You know what I mean. Before you're in there, and I, I felt there was a, Mane was picking the ball up in the area a lot more. Now, you know, you see teams. Manchester United are a great example of this. Their forwards pick the ball up in the area. They win a lot of penalties. Mane and Salah don't win a lot of fouls anyway, but they definitely don't win a lot of penalties. But they, they don't have the ball in the box, dribbling like maybe a Marcus Rashford does to quite the same effect. And I think it scared Sheffield United a little bit with Mane picking the ball up in the penalty area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking ahead then. Oh, Chelsea, yeah, go go for the chance. Oh, sorry, mate. Just uh, we said before about the the goal drought. I've, I've remembered what it was now. Just don't, don't want to let you down, mate. You know what I mean? It was. <laughs> do you remember the? Uh, do you remember the Southampton game um, away when we were in the purple kit yeah. and um, he, he yeah. basically ran the length of the pitch, didn't he? Yeah. Banging in, tops off, screaming. That was the goal drought because he hadn't scored since the Bournemouth game in February. There you go. There you go. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, the pitch, sorry, of course. What a game that was as well. Um, Shut up, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Just did, did someone tell you in the comments? No, because I, I, I don't read the comments. I've only, 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 only
before we move on, um, uh, Scott Hawks with the uh, twenty-five dollar super chat. Scott, you wonderful, wonderful human. Uh, I hope we go with Kabach and Phillips for the sake of consistency. Get Fab back in midfield with Jotter up front. We suddenly have a team with strong options. I'm forty-seven today. Wow! And happy I've birthday. watched wow. much worse red sizes. Happy birthday! I mean, congratulations for surviving to forty-seven years old. Well done, um, Scott Hawks. You deserve a round of applause um, for that. And you're dead right. I mean, I, I'm. 38 and I've watched much much worse red sides than this which is always a, a, always a point worth reminding ourselves of I often forget that that Roy Hodgson side like 2010 it was like a, it was well it was 11 years 11 years ago it's a long time there's probably a lot of people who are now who are, there's people who are grown ups now there's people who've like with mortgages and, and kids and all this kind, kind of stuff who were who were children when when we had to go through those and I go it was like was it, it was like last week? Couple, what are you talking about? Like, why can't really? you remember the good, the bad times? It's like because I was nine. You know what I mean? Like, all right, Sam. Um, fair enough. Um, yes. Uh, looking ahead, then um, Ross. Yeah, Chelsea game on on Thursday, and it does feel a little bit like kind of fingers crossed. I mean, we, there's a bit. I think there's a, a very much a similarity to post Crystal Palace. In terms of where we're at as a squad, so I think we've 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 just come off the back of a game, and I, I contend, and I said this in, on the final word. I think if we play that, if we if we play that game, we shot the Crystal Palace fixture for this one. I actually think we win. We beat Sheffield United seven 0 I think we created enough chances to absolutely wipe them up, wipe the floor with them. But what I mean by this is we've just had a, we've just beaten a team, and we've beaten them convincingly in 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 in, in to, to some extent, and we've now got players coming back. Now this is where we fell apart um, over the winter period. I'm hoping that's the big challenge now. Is that you've now got Jota coming back, you've pretend you've got Fabinho coming back, you've got Cater coming back, and let's not get lost in this. Oh, but they're only going to get injured again. Stuff that might well happen, but. This is where we're at now. We've actually managed to get a team playing quite well, but now we've actually got enough players that we should be able to keep a team playing well for 95 minutes. Um, and Because that's been the real thing that I think has been lacking in this spell, is that we're good for 75, but the legs fall off. Yeah, you're not relying on the same 11 players because there's no other options. You know, I've said this quite a few times. It's a lot of pressure on a 35-year-old James Milner and, and Curtis Jones to play three times a week and expect them to, to mount some sort of, well, at the time, a title challenge. This time it's top four. So we've got a, a nice chunk of fixtures and then there's a massive international break, which then means we might get some more bodies back on top of that as well. Then you've got the back end of the, of the season, so you can kind of look forward to that. But Chelsea's a tough one because all the players you just mentioned there, it's a very fine balance to rush them back. Such a big game. Whereas, you know, I'd like to think Chelsea won't set up like a Sheffield United, Brighton, Burnley, although it's a template for a lot of teams to get a result against Liverpool. With the quality that Chelsea have got, you know, you expect them to come out and play, which will be an advantage to us. Um, and also we've got those options uh, and what we do. And like that, that comment before, the big question is whether Fabinho goes in at, at DM or, or at centre-back for this one, if, if he can start. Yeah, yeah, it is an interesting one. And this is the thing, is that I, I, obviously we're talking about Chelsea, but also we're talking about a run of games now, Chris, where Chelsea... Fulham, Leipzig, Wolves before the international break. Mm. There's a nice little chunk there, and you can add to Sheffield United and just for the just for the vibes of positivity and what have you. Um, but I, I feel lo- loads more relaxed, loads more confident going into that run of games, knowing that as Ross mentions there, we were allowed to rotate. I mean, when we finished that Sheffield United game. We got we got to take Thiago out. We got to take what 
Curtis Jones out. Both lads who were having good games and bring on not just you're not just I said I said this on the final word, but it's worth repeating. You know we're not just, we're not lashing Taki Minamino in midfield just to make it to make the numbers up. We've got lads who could all reasonably expect to start the next game. Absolutely. I mean, Naby's the big one for me, isn't it? I mean, he came in and he just, the first thing he did, I thought, would beat a man and play a through ball. Try, try to thread the ball through to Mane and you're like, oh man, that cut and thrust is exactly what we've missed from midfield, isn't it? You know, and it's it's a, such a it's such a hard one to talk about with Naby Keita because he's got so much potential and he's got so much skill and he's so good on the ball and his, his vision's so good, but he's just not available for enough games. I mean, but we're at the point where we really missed his thirty games a season. Yeah. Like we've missed them a lot, a yeah. lot more than I thought we would do as well. I think, you know, post. Well, the first restart last season, he was our best player. Like, like head and shoulders, I thought, above the rest. And I know the form wasn't all there towards the end of the season, but he was brilliant. And so we missed that. And if we can get him in there, a lad who now knows that formation, he knows that system so well. And he's not a young lad. He's, a, he, he's about to enter his prime. If we can just get him into this side I think we'll just that that should be enough to be honest to change it with maybe the addition of Fabinho in the middle as well him and Jota it's the same point is that whether he's fit enough to, to you don't I'm not talking about starting him in every game playing him two, two games a week for the rest of the season because I don't think anyone I don't think we need anyone to do that we shouldn't or I don't think we want anyone to do that but what he might allow you to do and all I'm I'm hoping for, and I'm using hope for a reason, I just want him to be what he was there, is that he plays 30 minutes, 15, 20, 30 minutes one, one game, then maybe plays 60 the next, in rotation with Curtis Jones, or in rotation with Thiago, and that just allows the whole level to be elevated. I'm not you're not looking for a world where AJ where you're going, right, Nabby's back, Curtis Jones is down to the under twenty threes and Nabby's gonna play out all the games that Curtis has been playing. No. And the same with Jota. Jota's not gonna come in. I think people are going, right, that's it, Bobby Firmino's out on his ear, it's gonna be Jota every game. It's not. It's just not. And it, and that would be the worst thing you could do in this situation. We need to manage the squad. We need to keep players fit and the best way at this point other than because you can't avoid the unavoidable, so you can't avoid you know contact injuries or what have you, and we've had tons of them. But what you can avoid is fatigue-related injuries to the best of your ability, and that means squad rotation, and that means you're getting again, like I said before, a much more powerful 90-minute, 90 95-minute Liverpool, but also you're getting that consistently over game, game on game on game. Absolutely, and what's the golden rule? You play your best eleven uh, every availability, don't you? And that's what should always happen. And let, at the end of the day, Jota came in as a backup to the front three. We all know that, and that's how how it come to be. We, did we know he was going to hit the ground running as well as he did? Absolutely not. And it's been fantastic to see him do that. Obviously, it's a shame we've not seen him since since November, December. So it would be great to get him back in. But like I said, he's never going to start ahead of the front three, given the, if if they're all fit. Obviously. If Jota was fit and if it was a case of taking Bobby out the la- the limelight, you know, just to give him that bit of rest and just take the pressure off him a little bit, then fine, absolutely. But let's just keep it our old tried and tested method at the minute and bring Jota in gradually because, like you said, Paul, we can't afford to have another injury to one of our key players. And Jota is a key player and Naby Keita is a key player because he gives us that extra option in midfield, gives that extra dynamic. If we do need a plan B, then it, it's Naby Keita can come on and try and do something. Or if Keita starts, Curtis Jones does that. And that's a great headache to have for any yeah. side. 
I, I want sorry. I, I, want, I want to see. I want to see Josh to start games. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh, as you course, say, yeah. in, in the road in the rotation for everybody else. Let them all sort of play two or three games and have a game off and come in for twenty minutes and do that because I think the overall level of the front three will be improved for that. Yeah. And it's exactly the same with the midfield. Like the only one you don't fuck around with really is the defense, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, and the goalkeeper if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Um, you keep them the same. You rotate the midfield. You keep everybody fresh. You keep them firing. You keep the other team guessing as well, which is something. There. Naby Keita, Jota play the game completely differently to the lads that we've got at the moment as well that are fit and available. So good options to have. You can pick and choose your moments much better and you've still got impact off the bench. And people forget this, but Naby Keita scores goals. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's a goal-scoring midfielder and that's the thing we, we, we've added and you, you're right in that, is that he's, he's got bits of what Thiago does and now you can recognise that he's got similar bits to what Curtis Jones does. He's a lad who gets up, who likes to get up and be in and around the, the front four. There was a brilliant moment and I, I, I told Totally put this story on them from my own from my own head, where we were attacking, and he actually, if he'd opened his body up, he could have played Saladin, but he was clearly myopically focused on getting the ball to Mane, and I just thought when it broke down, like Sal, like Sal, oh, I wish he played. I, I like it when he plays with me, you know, and, and that we give that whichever side Kaysen plays of the three. He links up amazingly with either Salah or Mane, and I got all this like flood of like, oh god, remember that spell leading up to the Club World Cup when he was playing on the right of the three, and him and Salah were just absolutely tearing up, and they, oh god, remember that spell when he was playing on the left, and him and Mane were being all these, extra, oh yeah, that, uh, and again, it, it, doubtless he'll have picked up a knock today in training, <laughs> um, so let's just get our laps out the way with all of that, um, but. Those, those are the things, and you, you know, this is what we're what we're hopefully going to look forward to because, yeah, we look we haven't had, um, we just haven't had those rotational options. We've been dealing with so many other things, and this isn't even bringing Fabinho into the conversation because hopefully, again, Fabinho gives you that thing of you're either having a stronger defence or you're having a, you've got the option to have a stronger midfield. I'm throwing him again. in the midfield. I'm throwing him in the midfield. Well, I asked the question. On, Not in on this the game. By the, way. Right, the, question was, the question on the build-up show was, do you have the bottle to no. put him in midfield? And I'll tell you Chelsea? why, because I don't think Giroud's going to start this one. Okay. I think it's going to be Timo Werner. Or, and I'm not sure. I think Tammy Abraham, Abraham may, may have had an injury or something. That didn't, when I was watching the Man United game, they, didn't, they weren't quite sure why Abraham wasn't playing. Um, so I think Giroud probably plays into our hands if it's Phillips and Kabak at the back. But with the pace of a Timo Werner or a Tammy Abraham, I think that's what they're looking to try and do against us they'll be looking to knock that ball over the top have our defenders facing the wrong way running towards our goal and in that regard I think you need Fabinho at the back but after that game Paul after that and game. maybe not Leipzig <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> is, definitely is there, not Arsenal awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah go on Jay sorry is there I thought about this the other day just very fleetingly is there a world uh, in the future where Bobby Firmino plays behind um, Salah, Mane, and Jota at yeah. any point as part of a three in the midfield. We, Whether that's a, a an option or anything, I, for we've me, had to throw them on the pitch. Yeah, it's, look, it's it's a well, from the start though. It's a strange the bow, isn't it? Oh, we, we we saw a couple of examples of that, didn't we, earlier on the season? For me, I think given where we're at right now, I think it's I think it would be foolhardy to start all four in one game because it was like the point about shifting to three at the back when you've only got three fit centre halves. It's great that you've hit upon this new system that then completely collapses if you get one injury because that you're using all of your players available. I, and we might well do it, but I, there might be games 
where you need to do it. Other might be games where you like again you come up against a, a, a bottom half team. Hey, listen, Fulham. They might just look at Fulham and go, right, we're just going to absolutely blow Fulham away. We're going to put everyone out there. Um, it's certainly a possibility, but I, I like the notion of us just always having it's 60 minutes. You can look and go, well, you're knackered. Oh well, never mind. You. Fresh attack dog comes on the pitch yeah. to continue. Here's their scent. Yeah. Go. No, hundred percent. You know, because that's the point. One of Salah, uh, Jota, or Mane can there. Because I think you know, and maybe for me, you know, but it's always like there is therefore always in reserve. So you're always looking at the bench, and you've had, and we said this for ages. The say a defense has performed impeccably, an opposition defense, and they've been defending really well. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. How long left? Oh, we've done really well. 70 minutes, 20 minutes. Oh, God, here comes Sadio Mane. Oh, my God. And all of a sudden, you feel every one of those minutes. not just that, they didn't take off one of the front three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I was going to say, yeah, actually, in, in this, I, I thought it was quite interesting. What gave me a note of encouragement, Ross, was that we didn't see Shakiri or Arrighi come on, come on the pitch. And I'll explain that with, I think at times those lads prove how good our squad depth is, but also I think they they show how desperate you are. I think at times when you're forced to use them, and I I, I like I, I love Divock Origi and I'll always love him. And I think Shakiri's a really really talented footballer, but they're two lads who don't fit what we do. And what what we were able to do is we brought players on who do fit what we do. And that's the, that's the major difference between what we've seen over the last month and what hopefully we'll see in the next month. Yeah, bringing on a like for like, you're making one change. If you're bringing on a Shakiri, you're almost going to change your formation. And if Rigi comes on, like, bless him, he's playing left wing, which he, he just doesn't want to be there. So, you know, you're almost shooting yourself in the foot. Do you want a, a Mane at 70% or a Rigi 100% on the left wing? At this stage, you're taking Mane, aren't you? You know, as, mm. as close as you run him in, into the ground. But, you know... In, in, in another time, another period, like Jay was talking about, a kind of a, like a plan B before, it will suit to play those two. But it's not when you're on the verge of desperation, or you, you know, you tune up, tune up for the first time, God knows how long, and you want to, mm-hmm. you want to see a win. It just, it's not an appropriate time to bring those players on. I don't think because you, you know, shooting yourself in the foot's a bit, a, a bit hard, particularly for, for Shakiri because I like him. I think he's his form and his fitness has been his but best the since he's been in The idea that because there was a little spell where we were like, oh, Shakiri's the answer. Shakiri's never been the answer for Liverpool. He's a he's a he's a he's a side dish. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not a, he's he's an entree. He's not like a you know he's not he's not your main cause. He's not the steak, is he? You know what I mean? He's, he's wilted he's, spinach. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and all you know adds flavour to a wider dish is what he is what he does. But the idea of when people were looking at Bruno Fernandez tearing up and people were looking at Leicester with like Harvey Barnes and Madison and you know and, and, and Grealish and Shakiri is like our sort of version of that. But he's not. He's just not at that level. He can add bits and pieces. But the idea that all of a sudden we found we're going to build the side around Jaden Jakiri, and I, I don't want to go down a negative route on that. It was just it showed the desperation of where we're at. If he just gets to go back to being a player like where you can throw him on for 10, 15 minutes, or you can use him to give a, give one of yeah. your good lads a rest. That's that, the that, idea. That's it, isn't it? I mean, I look at Manchester City's squad, and I think I've heard people say there was comparisons between like Shaqiri and Mares. There isn't. Like Mares can go in and play twenty games, and he's gonna not really. The level's not really gonna drop. Shaqiri can come in and spell someone, yeah. you know, but he can't do it for twenty games. Yeah. What were you laughing at? I just pressed the button on the headphones. I'm just waiting for like whatever you were listening to this morning to start. Oh, it's not. It's not on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would it have been? Anti flag, I think, on the way in today. Cool. Oh, you're anti flag. Is that a euphemism? No. Okay, sad. Um, <laughs> sad. Um, yeah. 
Shaqiri. No, no, I think you're right. I think you're right on that. Shaqiri and Origi show you quality of depth when you've got players like that on your bench, but you don't need them. It shows how good your squad is. But when you are like, we have to start Jaden Shaqiri this week because he's going to be the one who, who sorts all your problems out for you. If he was that, he wouldn't have be. He wouldn't have the role in the Liverpool squad that he does have, and hopefully that's what we get to see in the uh, in in the coming weeks. Certainly, and just one last thing. Um, Ross on the Bobby Firmino stuff. I actually think what we've seen, I had a great point. It was actually made on on um, on the. I think it was listening to the the Anfield Rap podcast. I think it was made about about Bobby Firmino that if he if he come in and you just watching Bobby Firmino coming into the side in the last two games, you'd be made up with the performances of, the, of him because some of the stuff that he's done in those games, like the two chances. That he basically puts wide, and one of them ends up being a goal when he dribbles past like four men and gets a shot. You're looking at that and go, "Wow, what a footballer we've got on our hands here!" But it did make me think about how Bobby is a ten. He's clear. He's just. He's quite clearly not crap, is he? You know, he's clearly yeah. wonderful. But when we when we put him as the as the as the centre forward, the tip of the spear, and expect him to score twenty five goals, he's he's going to fall short on that. But you can see when Bobby Firmino gets to play as a, just as a really good footballer, that's great. But that does precipitate us needing to put Mo Salah and Mane more in front of goal. Yeah, and it's a great choice to put him at number ten if there's another option or a, you know a natural goal scorer to put put ahead of him. We just don't have that at the minute, like we just discussed. You know, you could do that putting Shakiri right wing, right wing, and Salah in the middle, but I don't think that that works. Bobby's Bobby's a bad one because I think he I think he can be a good finisher, but I think he's just suffering from a massive loss of confidence as as the team or maybe the, the people around him. You know, it's good that he can do all that good stuff, but there's been times over the past two or three years where he's he's not had to look and he scored. Do you know what I mean? He's not, he's not got that in his locker anymore because he's going through such a goal drought, or maybe it's just nerves or, you know, case of overthinking. You know, even even the runs that he's making, Tim and Marnie that combined for that get um, shot that he should have put past Ramsdale, and David Carigi did something similar against Burnley. We all we all slated him for that, but you know, he's, yeah. he's you know, it's, there's only so many times you can say he's picking up the, the right positions and, and doing the right thing, and maybe it's gone under the radar because we've always Marnie and Salah scoring goals. Maybe it's been overlooked. Whereas now we're, yeah. we're going, well, none of you are fucking scoring. Well, finish. The the thing about that though, because you're right, is of the there's only so many times you can say he's getting into the right positions. There isn't. You can say that an infinite number of times. You know what I mean? While he's yeah, in but, the but while score as well. Oh no no no! Hundred yeah. percent. I'm not saying he shouldn't score, yeah. but my point yeah. is is that. That with good, with good footballers, they need to just continue to do those things. There's nothing. There's nothing radical that needs changing in his game. Yeah, he just needs to put the ball in the back of the net, and that's we all know that's that's a patchy thing. Even the greatest goal scorers on the planet go through spells where they just don't stick the ball in the back of the net. But unfortunately, he's not a great goal scorer, and he never has been. So. You know, he doesn't. We, I don't think we should judge him in quite the same way. I mean, I said it before, and maybe I was wrong to say it, Paul. But like, you know, a goal scorer, a, a goal like that can change it, but it's not necessarily the same. Like, he doesn't live off goals. He doesn't get that feeling like a Salah square or Mane. in that one. Yeah, yeah. So Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane and Curtis Jones smash and it. just smash it towards the goal. Maybe what we want him to get is a fucking attic of assists. Maybe that's what he needs to be yeah. able to go on and kick on and play with a bit more freedom. He's just trying. He's just being himself, and that's that's the thing. He, he, that's what about Bobby Firmino, and that's the thing that's typified his performances in this spell. He's not. He, I think he is taking on more shots. I think he's try. He is actually trying to score more goals. 
but he's always going to be Bobby Firmino. And we can't all of a sudden, because everyone's got a hard-on for Erling Haaland, expect him to be Erling Haaland and go, well, he's not scoring the goals that Erling Haaland... No, no. But uh, 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 you can't expect him to be that because we want him to be that. He's always going to be what it is. You know, it's it's just we've all gone a bit sour on him. And I said we all. I mean, everyone still loves Bobby Firmino. But you know what? You take my point on that, is that we've just... He's not, he's not like... Um, He's not just a flavor. He's just a flavor of the month at the moment. Oh, we've yeah. kind of we've decided we we want we've decided we want something else. Um, Maybe what we need is Salah and Mane when the ball drops to him to go close your eyes and shoot. Yeah, and that's all he needs. Go, ah, there we go. Yes! Yeah, just put one of those like uh, Jedi training helmets on him and just <laughs> let him let him do that and see what happens. That's probably the answer, isn't it? Uh, it's so, definitely there not. You go, the yeah, again. yeah, done. Yeah. Told you we'd come up with something different for you to try. No, Obi Wan Kenobi had it cracked a long time ago, mate. Um, just go with that. Um, right, brilliant. Uh, right, we're going to wrap up in a second. We have one last super chat. Connor S. Uh, a super chatted in to say Chris likes anti flag, so I like Chris. Yes, guy. Did you not like him before? Is that this? Is oh, come on! Don't turn his words against him. Thought he was an absolute Don't turn his words against him. <laughs> Political punk. It's all good, there baby. Yes, go. out. Um, brilliant. Um, right. Amazing. They're really good podcast, guys. Thank you so much for, for to, uh, to Jay and for Ross for contributing towards the uh, positive vibes there. And, of course, Chris Page, how I feel we've managed to turn around in the space of about 45, 50 minutes there. With a little smile on your You're face. you absolutely uh, fucking turn, up, Paul. Turn around. <laughs> um, right. Uh, thank you so much. If you enjoyed the podcast and you're on YouTube, drop a like on it. Uh, if you're on a podcasting service, then give it a five-star review if you can. That's all wonderful stuff. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to check out the, the new range of merch we've got on the store. And, of course, the Cop Chronicles series which kicks off with episodes one and two streaming exclusively on the redmentv.com from Friday onwards. Uh, guys, have a wonderful week. Podcast returns next week. Live watch along on Thursday for the game. Up the Reds. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.